On this episode of Resi Week, Cedia connects with Kohler, Savant goes subscription, and VR in the home. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 315, Hot Showers. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Crestron. Welcome to this episode of Resi Week, your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. This week, I'm pleased to be joined by two of my good friends. First, we have one and only my sister, Heather Sidorowicz. She is the president of Southtown AV. How are you doing, Heather? I am. Uh, I'm playing catch-up after a uh, some time out of the office at a convention. <gasps> you went to like a real live place with people? I saw people, Matt, and I got to give oh hugs. Oh my gosh, that's insane. That's you still illegal so here. Yeah, I bet it is. It's very illegal here right now. Uh, then we have Vanessa Zietzman. She is the manage, senior managing editor at Connected Design. How you doing, Vanessa? I'm good. And it's Zitzman, like Zitzman. zits on your face. Dang it. We just it's talked okay. about this, too. We what, did, what, but it's okay. What did I say? Zietzman. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. I know. My apologies. But it's okay. I forgive you. This is great content, though, so it'll be fine. People love Ooh, to make wonderful. fun of me mispronouncing things. It's really easy to do. That's why I don't have a podcast. That's why I don't have a podcast. That's the one reason. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I'm going to start a second one. (laughs) I'm playing catch up too. Um, I was at two events last week, uh, the last week and a half. And so my inbox, I think, is sitting somewhere around 200 emails and got some articles I need to get out. There you go. I'm down to I'm down to 21, and I didn't go anywhere. All right, ladies, <laughs> let's let's kick this off. Uh, they're both alluding to the fact that they were at IBS and KBiz um, last week down in Orlando, Florida, with 70,000 of their closest friends. Uh, so we're going to cover this uh, kind of in a roundabout way. Coming to us from a residential tech today, Cedia connects integrators to Kohler for opportunities in kitchen and bath. If you don't know Kohler. Uh, you've never been in a bathroom. Um, they're my personal favorite, to be honest. Uh, bath and, and kitchen manufacturer out of Wisconsin. Um, heck, I was specking some Kohler yesterday. Uh, Heather, this is this is kind of big news. We we've talked about the connection with Cedia and uh, you know kitchen bath designers for a, quite a while. We've been involved, Cedia has from a, from a brand standpoint, with KBiz for a couple of years. And this is throwing Kohler into the Propel program. So Cedia members will get some discounts and benefits on that affinity program to kind of help them work into and, and um, work with some of the really cool smart features that, that Kohler has brought to the table. They also had a massive booth, um, mm-hmm. Kohler did, at KBiz with everything from their sound tiles to their car wash body thing i know that is not the proper term but it's what it is um for their for their bass they you know they've got faucets with alexa they are doing all kinds of stuff in the connected space in the kitchen and the bath is the desire for shall we just say kohler knowledge at, at the start point um is there a desire for integrators to have a, a an understanding and, and a knowledge base of kohler products for example for their customers or are they 
just going to that designer to look at stuff and then kind of saying, hey, here's what we got. Um, I need you to make this work together or at the very least just work on our Wi-Fi. What's the so, desire there? So I, I'm going to take a step back first and say that anyone um, from our industry who has been to Cedia or Infocom and it remembers what the Crestron booth looked like so many years ago, that was Kohler's booth. I mean, you walked in the front door and it was ginormous. Um, they also broke it out really well. And they do have different levels of control and technology. I think the, the the missing link currently that will hopefully with this new program become the threaded together is it's one thing to say, Alexa, start my shower. And Alexa knows that Heather likes the temperature at 110 degrees. And so it's going to, I don't, I'm just making that. I don't even know. It's, <laughs> it's really hot. It's, hot. You know, it's, hot. <laughs> it's scalding good, hot. It sounded so good. <laughs> So it would then start my shower and, and, and all that. But but what it's not doing yet is really integrating with everybody else. So we still have that issue. And I saw that across KBiz um, is that it's one thing to say I'm connected and here's an app. But it's a way different thing to say. And also that that app can be embedded in Control 4, Crush on Home, Savant. So this connection, I think the, the biggest part of it will hopefully be these companies working better together, releasing their API, allowing that to work within somebody else's. Um, bathtubs that, you know, will autofill. I love that idea. Start my bath and it knows when to stop. Again, knows your temperature. I mean, there's some really neat stuff out there. Toilet that cleans itself. I'm all for that. Uh, I went around the show really trying to get everybody to add technology to make life better, improve my quality of life and not adding it just to add it. Yeah, I like that. It, do you know, have you seen what level of connectivity there actually is? Is this something that is the goal to have this embedded natively the same way you would any other, you know, traditional AV device into those control systems? Or is it a, is it a very basic integration that they're looking for? Um, I think they have different levels is, is what okay. I got from the tour that I had with them, um, that they have different levels of that. My my hope, my dream, is that eventually we do have native control with that and all these, and that and not like clutter. I, I had a client recently show me all the control he has. He had a separate folder on his iPhone with about ten apps. And said, oh, "Look, right. I have a smart home." I'm like, "No, you don't. You have a table full of remotes." So I think the ultimate goal is for these things to all work together. But if we don't keep having those conversations and hounding on it, it's not going to happen. Vanessa, what is the, and you toured the floor as well, so you got to see a lot of this stuff as well. What is the desire, right? Like, I, I get why the Propel program has brought in Kohler. Again, they're, they're arguably the leader in anything smart for kitchen and bath. But what is the desire out there, especially from the KBiz and, and the IBS side? Do they want actual integration or are they really just looking to add technology in a, I don't want to say me too, but like we have it as well situation of, yes, you can talk to your faucet. You can talk to your fridge. I, I would be happy to just talk to my kids and have them listen. But <laughs> Well, you know what? Way. Sometimes if your fridge listens to you, it's going to hit the heart a little bit better. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, because, you know, I have teenagers. They don't listen. I need an no. app for them. <laughs> um, I think it's a little bit of both, actually. I saw several um, smart, and I'm saying smart with the quotations, products that mm. did seem to fit into the whole connected home. And then I saw others where it was like an app 
just for an app, just so we can say we're a smart device. Um, like the term smart TV? Yeah. Right. That's that's not a connected device. And I think that that's what a lot of that's one of the things that the appliance side has to remember. There's a difference between a smart home and a connected home. Um, And I think they're getting a little overexcited just because, you know, you can connect to Wi-Fi and have an app does not mean that 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 is a connected or really even a smart product. Um, I saw a lot of apps that literally just you pick a recipe and it turns the oven on and that's all it does. Um, things like that. Right, um, not, not actually going to help. Not really helpful, no. But at the same time, I did see connections that had that. Do you, do you interview anyone that actually cooks for that? So a lot of these were just gotten out of beta testing um, and that, that are being presented. So one of the things I heard on the show floor from attendees Uh, And this wasn't anything that a manufacturer said, but was, I don't want anything that is not going to work without the app or that's got a specific chip in it that when it breaks or is out of date, I can't turn my oven on. So in those, I saw several instances of, you know, like you said, an app just for app's sake. Um, So I don't know, but I, I do see a connection needed between the appliance market and the technology market for, for several reasons. One, the appliance market is really hot right now and everybody wants to have a piece of the pie. You know, if you're already in the home, why not? But number two, when you have a smart appliance, that means it's gonna be sitting on your network. It's gonna be connected mm-hmm. to the Wi-Fi. And when you are building, and I'm sure Heather can speak to this way better than I am, I can, but when you are building the the your network within a home you need to know everything that's going to be connected in some way to the wi-fi to the network so that you know where to route the broadband that you know where you need to where the wi-fi signal needs to be strong or how much how, how much product do you need to buy so i i appreciate this connection happening specifically for that did anyone give any was there even a mention of security, Heather? Did you see anything for all these connected devices? There was a question. Like I did see that a little bit, and, and it was talked about as you need to decide kind of what road you need to go down. So if you want to be ultra connected and you're willing to give some of that up for the convenience, and I am one of those people, um, because I want to say, Alexa, add such and such to my shopping list, and then I want that accessible at the grocery store. Um, but so there was some conversation, but it was not a headline conversation at all. Matt, this was when I was on the IBS stage, there were builders and, and designers on that stage, more builders. We were talking about the fact and they were surprised by the fact that that the router that comes into your house is not enough Wi-Fi for the entire house. I'm shocked. <gasps> they Me didn't too. think it was good enough. Wow, they didn't realize insane. that. And that if they want all these connected devices more than anything else, if there's one thing you take away, wire your house. And, and this was surprising. That's 10 years ago. Which is why it's. I'm glad everybody's finally connecting on that. But to go back to the, the security of your network, mm-hmm. I did see a couple booths lost way in the back and in, in the because I, I, Heather, you can speak to it too. The, the booth numbers 
it was next to impossible to find certain booths. Because IBS and KBiz are still separate, but they're together. So right. Co-located. Yeah, co stuff was everywhere. And then the way it was designed because of booth sizes, etc., it didn't follow the traditional path. So I found a couple companies literally like snuggled up with tiny little booths way, way in the back corner that were addressing some of that. But it was not as big of obviously was not as big yeah. of uh, a deal as it should have been. There should have been more of that there. No, I was surprised there wasn't. I, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm optimistic, doesn't, doesn't, Matt. I'm optimistic, optimistic is it's fantastic. I'm I'm very optimistic as well that they might pay attention, but they won't. All right. Um, before I dig too too big of a hole, and I'm not I'm not dunking on on all these manufacturers. It just it's a bottom line thing. I get it. They uh, and to be fair, the average consumer who's buying smart home tech from their builder or their designer security is not top of mind that's okay but that's because they don't know they need it even if they know they need it they don't think they need it it's a kind of a catch-22 all right let's let's change topics for a second this comes to us from ce pro uh, who got a brand new website so congratulations to them savant essentials is representing a paradigm shift in the market with davinci 10 their new software release, their essentials program is going to guide custom integrators into a subscription-based business model. Yeah, you read that right. Savant is going with subscription. Bum, now, bum, bum. Bum, 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 bum. I, I, I will give you full disclosure. Uh, no one on this call is a Savant dealer, and I have not had a chance to connect with a Savant dealer to to get the ins and outs of how the subscription service is going to work. But reading through the article from our, our friend Jason Knott, essentially they're recognizing that more and more of these systems are going cloud-based as their system is now going cloud-based as well. So by having that subscription model, you're going to be able to keep it up to date, uh, keep firmware up to date, et cetera, all that stuff remotely and pay for the opportunity to do so. Um, Vanessa, this is the first major foray from any, really anyone in our channel to have, th there are, there are add-on features that are subscription based, but there is not a, like a platform that has gone subscription based yet. We have not seen this in the, in the channel yet. Are we ready for true subscription for your automation system? And more so, like, are we ready as an industry, but are our customers ready and willing to pay for it? You know, what I know about subscription-based, um, you know, it's big for reoccurring monthly revenue. And I know, obviously, it's very big on the security side of things. And mm -hmm. they have a whole way of dealing with that and the contract and it's sold and then who, you know, who deals with the actual, what there's a, it's, it's a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and it's going to ha have to be, if you, if you are a dedicated savant dealer and you are putting this in however many installs a year, I guess my question would be with this, what, you know, what do you get with the subscription? Who, who handles that information? Is that on me as, as a dealer, an integrator? Um, you know, what if I don't want to sell it? If I have to sell it, I can't imagine the cost would be too high on that. And if somebody's already spent, 
50 grand plus on the system in addition to all the other stuff that's happening. I can't imagine that, you know, 60 bucks a month or something is going to be a huge deal. Mm -hmm. um, I see it being a bigger deal in the mid-level, the, the smaller installations where we're, you know, budgeting. But I, I don't know. I, I I just think that it's it should be something that comes with the package that you're already spending quite a bit of money on. I would think it'd be something you should be able to opt into, whether you're the integrator or the mm -hmm. the end user. But again, I haven't reviewed all the information, um, and I, I don't work with you know, or and have never really worked with their sold Savant uh, dedicated. So, yeah, it, it does look like it is being managed from Savant, and then there's a again, there's a a profit option for the, the integrators as well. It, it looks very interesting. I'm, I'm That's very interesting. Yeah. I'm very interested to see how it plays out, and I'll I'll couple it with this. My company sells some subscription-based products that are in the IT world. And that's an interesting sale depending who you're talking to. It really depends on the end user. Um, some places it works really well. Some places it doesn't. Uh, Heather, we have been pitched on RMR since the day I met you. <laughs> This it's is the, always a thing. it's always a thing. This is always the, the golden goose that everyone talks about. And I, again, I'm not ragging on C pro for this, but they have been a huge promoter of RMR. They're, you know, it, it, a couple of the, uh, the publications are really big on it and I get it. I get why they do it. Um, my company officially yeah. sells service plans. Uh, yeah, we sell yeah, we, we have all kinds of things. Um, I find that they sell much, it's much easier to sell them into a commercial space than it is into mm -hmm. a residential space. And in a residential space where we can sell it, where we can be successful, it's usually only in that upper echelon of our clientele base. Our day-to-day -day customers want nothing to do with it. Heck, half of them don't want to pay for the Ring subscription. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I don't pay for my ring subscription. Exactly. So Heather, my, how do you pitch this? And again, I know you're not a savant dealer. No, I think the way that, the way that you jump in is, is you have to, you have to prove if this is going to work, you have to prove that it will work. You have to have some tangibility. If I pay a security system, it pays for itself. The moment somebody breaks in and the cops come immediately. Um, it could be something that they offer for free one way but you get more if you subscribe, like a music service, right? I can, I, mm -hmm. Pandora is free. If I don't want commercials, I'm going to pay a few bucks a month. The other side of that is I want everyone's hands out of my pockets because how many subscriptions do you possibly need? So I get why CE Pro and others push it because, yes, it's the golden chalice. And, yes, you can make so, so much money. But if you can't provide a true tangibility, it's not as easy in practice as you and I know because we tangibly do this than it mm -hmm. is to talk about it all day long. Um, so yes, if, if we could charge our customers, even all of our customers we ever met 99 cents a month, we would be on a boat in the middle between, on Lake Erie between your house and my house right now, right? We that would, is true. Even if the lake was frozen, we could still Last week we could walk across it. It would have been fun. Well, and that's that's the other thing with, with end users is they tend to be reactive and not proactive. Mm -hmm. So in addition to having to sell this, you have to sell 
being proactive. And that's not always easy. You know, you guys as integrators know, trying to say, okay, I know this is cheaper, but this one's going to be less expensive in the long run because you're not going to have to do X, Y, Z. That's that tends to be a little more difficult. And so to me, I see it kind of like that. You're, you're having to sell proactivity, you know, for, for a system they already have. It's not a road I would go down. It's just not, it's not a road that I would, I would travel, especially in the Resi world. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you this. I, I do not want to be the guy the, the last person in the door, who we always are. Mm-hmm. I do not want to be the last person in the door with my hand out saying, oh, by the way, to keep up to date and stay current, that's going to cost you. And you and I both know of, of commercial products that do the software thing that don't charge for the yeah. first year and all of a sudden for the second year, they're starting to, you know, then they they add on these software fees and clients are, yeah, it's, it's a slippery slope. So I... I'm going to want to cover this over the next 12 months, see how it flows because I get drama on selling Cisco service plans and it's bloody Cisco. That customer has already given into, Hey, we're going to pay three times as much for this product because it's got that, you know, that little wave on it. Um, Yeah. I want to see. All right. Let's get off that. Let's wrap today up with one more quick story from CE Pro. Top five tech trends for 2022. Virtual reality is offering an exciting new avenue. Uh, There is a lot of movement in the virtual reality space from Oculus, uh, now Meta, um, HTC, Sony, etc. It is a booming market, sort of, within that space. Um, Heather, I am still trying to understand how VR and heck half of AR, but how any of the augmented or virtual reality spaces play into our world. I want to tell you a little story. Once upon I love a time, stories. Once upon a time, this girl was one of the only girls at a manufacturing show um, and they were showing off their brand new 3D glasses. And they Is were... this little girl you? Mm-hmm. Okay. The way she said that was so cute. I'm sorry. <laughs> if you're if you're just listening to this and not watching it, go watch it just for her expression. It's great. That was awesome. And they were heavy, um, not passive glasses. What were these? Active glasses. Active, and they yep. were heavy on your face. And they were talking about how this would be the next great thing and it was going to go places. This 3D was going to be everywhere. And I raised my hand and I said, you know, this is never going to go over. And, you know, they said, Hey, little girl, Lindsay. With those how words. dare you? Um, but why do you think that that's true? And I said it, they're heavy. They're they're when you sit down, and you watch a show at night. It's a sh- it's a shared experience. Whether it's happy, sad, dramatic, we have this experience together. If all the three of us were watching a movie, when you put those three D glasses on, it was no longer a shared experience, and it was uncomfortable. And for that same reason, my belief, my Heather Crystal Ball says that we are not going to sit down together and both put on our Oculus or goggles or heavy thing on our head and have that same shared experience. Now, I could be wrong because gaming is a whole different world. So in the gaming realm, it may go down that avenue. But I think in the AV world, I just I just don't truly see it. And by the way, those 3D glasses didn't take off for anyone who's not paying attention. Really? 3D's dead? Mm-hmm. Oh, I missed it. Sorry. I knew I should have paid attention. But what about the glasses that had the camera on them oh, for a little fine. while? That seems hmm. better. Kind seems better. 
totally creepy. Uh, Vanessa, it, is this a is this such a out there product, right? That we're just never going to see this play into our space at all. Like, is is there any market for this in our space? Now, you know, when they do, when you guys are doing your CAD drawings, it's very easy to do a 3D rendering on your computer. And you can walk somebody on your computer through the home. And this is where we're going to put this. And this is where we're going to put that. And the designers do it. But I, I do have a hard time seeing, you know, some multimillionaire putting on big glasses so he sees where, you know, his media closet, you know, and his rack is going to be hidden and how big his TV is going to look on the wall. Um, I do see it being utilized in the retail space a little bit. Um, so on the other side, yeah, I can see that a little, a little bit more. But at the same time, just like to Heather's point, it's it still feels very clunky. Yeah, versus immersive though. Have you seen some of the immersive stuff? Is really cool. It's mm-hmm. very immersive. Gym wise, I saw um, immersive gym at Info or not immersive conference room at Infocom. Conceptually, that I could see. Now we're having a shared experience together. Yeah. Right. That's different though, because again, that's right. Not several that. people being able to watch together. go through. But again, you know, a, a, a couple trying to virtually see their home separately. It's like the difference between you'll get a roller coaster and the roller coaster is minutes long. I think 3D is the same idea. It was one thing to watch it for a few minutes. It's a whole different thing when movies are three hours. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, let's leave it there. Thank you both so much for joining us. Uh, Vanessa, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Connected Design, where can they do that? So you can go to connectdesign.com. We're on LinkedIn, social media, all that good stuff. Um, our sister magazine is Dealerscope, which is dealerscope.com. Uh, we're part of CT Lab Global Media. And you can always follow me just about anywhere at Vanessa underscore uh, CE. Powerhouse. Vanessa underscore in underscore C. There we go. Yeah, I'm just, it's just me. What is, with, what is with all the media people not remembering their Twitter handles? This is terrible. <laughs> Heather, if people want to connect with you, uh, learn more about Southtown AV, follow you on Twitter, where can they do that? Is it wrong just to say Google me? Um, find me on LinkedIn. Eh, uh, but you have to do you want people to Google you? <laughs> Don't Google me. Don't Google me. Um, but then you have to spell my last name. So uh, probably Twitter, tech underscore chi chi as in a balance between life and technology excellent thank you again for joining us if you'd like to connect with me you can find me on twitter at matt d scott and pretty much every other social platform but more importantly please visit avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover when you visit the website please take a moment to check out our supporters we are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well thanks again for watching that's all the time we have for this episode of resi week 